What's going on, everybody? So I want to let everybody know about my new merch brand. Okay, so I just got one of my new t-shirts that came in yesterday. The reason why I created this brand was because I wanted everybody to think about allowing the stock market to pay for everything that you need. So if you want to go on vacation this summer or go on vacation later this year, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you need to pay for your daughter's tuition, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you want to get an investment property, a beach house, or whatever your life truly desires, don't pay for it, trade for it. If this is a brand that you want to be a part of, that you want to rock, look, go to www.tradeforyourself.com, click catalog, and go look at the products that I have. On top of that, I've got free shipping on all orders. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to rock up on a t-shirt like this. Look, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to catch y'all later on the other side. So I don't want to hold up anybody's time. Let's go ahead and get into it again. Welcome back to another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast, where my mission here is very simple. I just want to help you learn how to trade for yourself. Please like, please subscribe. Please make sure that you share this episode. OK, I would really, truly appreciate it. Please, y'all, please like the video. Please like the video. That's really all I ask. OK, please like the video. It helps out with the YouTube algorithm, okay? It is really, truly important so this information can get out to multiple people, okay? Disclaimer, I am not a financial advisor, nor am I a fiduciary, okay? I'm not an economist. I do not manage money professionally. So please do your own research before investing into any stock. Today, we're going to get into Microsoft Stock Analysis, ticker symbol MSFT. And what we're going to do today, we're going to go through the last quarter's earnings report for the company to see what the health of the business is like, okay? That's going to be very important for understanding what Microsoft Stock is like. So, we don't want to waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get right into it. I'm about to, scare, about to share my screen really quickly here for us. All right. So we are going to be looking at, okay, this is, this is what's up right here. All right. We're going to be looking at Microsoft fourth quarter physical earnings results physical year 2022 results, okay? They released this earnings report in July 26, 2022, which was last month, about a month ago. Now, what I want you to know is that we're going to be looking at the health of Microsoft's business in this episode. And so to learn more about Microsoft's business is going to be very paramount for you to please read that 10K. Please go read the Microsoft annual report and review that business section. Because Microsoft gets revenue from a lot of different places, and we're going to talk about those, but it's going to be very, very important for you to understand the big mission of Microsoft. And so it would take it would take too much time to go through that 10K on this episode. So please go through that 10K on your own time to please understand more about the company. So let's go ahead and let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and go through these earnings results. Now, if we look at the financial summary, okay, if we look at this, we can look from a high-level perspective. We can see that Microsoft breaks their earnings out in three separate segments. 
productivity and business processes, intelligent cloud, and more personal computing. Now, total revenue for this quarter, they got almost $52 billion in revenue. It was about $51.9 billion in revenue. That represented 12% growth year over year, and it represented 16% growth in CC growth. Now, what is CC growth? CC stands for constant currency, okay? What is constant currency? So Microsoft is a global business, okay? Most businesses in America are global. Apple, Amazon, Tesla, Google. These are Nike, AMD, NVIDIA. These are all global businesses. And so they receive, and so with that being said, these businesses receive currency in other currencies, like other foreign exchange currencies. So the foreign exchange rate pretty much fluctuates the value of certain currencies and it can affect the company's bottom line. Now, this year, the dollar has been performing very, very well. With the dollar performing very, very well, there are other currencies like the yen and the year and the euro that have been performing very poorly when people are spending euros and spending yen and giving that money to microsoft it's less value is less valuable than that is less valuable than the dollar so that affects the company's bottom line in terms of their earnings so they have that constant currency growth pretty much just to tell you without the fluctuation in, for, in foreign exchange and without the currency fluctuations, the growth would pretty much be 16%. And I think that this is a good way to look at the business. Okay, gross margin. Okay, what is the profit that, that, that the business is generating? The, the business is generating $35.4 billion in gross margin, which is very, very good, represents 10% growth, 15% growth on a constant currency basis, which is very, very solid. Now, the operating income is $20.5 billion. That's up 8%, up 14% on a constant currency basis. Net income, $16.7 billion, up 2%, 7% constant currency. You get it. You get it. Okay. $2.23 for the diluted earnings per share. 3% growth, 8% due to constant currency. Now, this is very, very good. The company is increasing double digits, double digit in revenue, double digit in gross margin. We got double digit from a constant currency basis and in operating income. So this is very, very good, very, very solid from an overall perspective for the company. Now, this is just providing a little bit more color on the foreign exchange impact. Now, over here on the right, okay, we've got this dotted box. We've got this box with these dotted lines around it. And so Microsoft adjusted their guidance a couple of months ago. And so on the left side, they gave initial guidance for this, for this previous, they gave initial guidance for the quarter, which they expected about $52.4 billion in revenue on the low end. And then they expected $53.2 billion in revenue on the high end. And so what they did was they decided to lower guidance, right? They decided to lower guidance so investors would not be spooked when the earnings came out. And so what they did was they adjusted that guidance range. And so what we're going to do is we're going to see how did the company stack up 
in terms of what they, in terms of their adjusted guidance, right? What did they do in terms of their adjusted guidance? So if you look at these gap results, which gap is your general accounting principles, right? That pretty much companies have to abide by, by SEC regulation. The revenue they received in this quarter was 51.87 billion, which was between the low and the high end range. So they were right in line. They were right in between in terms of expectations. $35.4 billion in gross margin, which was which was which was in between that adjusted guidance range. Operating income 20.53 in between the guidance range and the $2.23 that they had on their earnings per share was, was right exactly on the low end of that guidance range. Now, this is very good because the company is has still been growing year over year, but also the company was able to beat in terms of the adjusted guidance that the company gave because the, the, the foreign exchange rate really truly affected this company. So this is something that they had to tabulate and this was something that they had to give to the people. Now, as investors, now foreign exchange, let, let's talk about it unfavorable foreign exchange rate movement within the quarter negatively impacted revenue and diluted earnings per share by 580 595 million and four cents respectively right so pretty much this foreign exchange situation this is a temporary event i don't think this is something that microsoft will have to deal with over the long term this is just the state of the united states economy and the state of the global economy. Now, revenue, extended production shutdowns in China that continued through May and the deteriorating PC market in June contributed to a negative impact on Windows OEM revenue of over 300 million. Reductions in advertising spend contributed to a negative impact on LinkedIn as well as search and news advertising revenue of over 100 million. Now, before we go any further, I want to explain what Windows OEM stands for. OEM stands for Original Equipment Manufacturer. Okay, what does that mean? So Microsoft owns Windows, right? They own Windows and they have Microsoft Office and they have Word, you know, PowerPoint, all Excel, all those programs underneath that. And so what tends to happen is the PCs, whenever PCs come out, right, Windows is automatically installed onto PCs, right? So pretty much what that means is that Microsoft is making money every time a PC is sold because they've already licensed out the Windows software to computers because it's already on your computer to begin with. That's how the company makes money by having windows on these machines. Now, the cost of revenue and operating expenses. With the ongoing war in Ukraine, we made the decision to significantly scale down our operations in Russia. As a result, we recorded operating expenses of $126 million related to bad debt expense, asset impairments, and severance. As part of a strategic alignment of our business groups, we recorded employee severance expenses of 113 million, excluding Russia. So we've got some impact of recent events that have really truly affected the bottom line. But in my opinion, these are all temporary events and these are not 
long-term issues that I believe that will affect revenue and profit moving forward. Now, let's look at the quarterly commercial highlights. Now, quarterly commercial. Commercial bookings grew 25%, up 35% based on constant currency year over year on a strong prior year comparable driven by an increase in the number of larger long-term Azure contracts and strong execution across our core annuity sales motions. Commercial remaining performance obligation of $189 billion, up 34% year over year. Commercial revenue annuity mix of 96%, up 1% year over year with continued shift to the cloud, right? Okay, let's look at Microsoft Cloud specifically. Microsoft Cloud revenue of $25 billion, up 28% year over year. Microsoft Cloud gross margin percentage decreased slightly year over year to 69%, excluding the impact of the change in accounting estimate for the useful life of server and network equipment. Gross margin percentage increased roughly 1% driven by improvement across our cloud services, partially offset by sales mix shift to Azure and other cloud services. Now, now the change in the accounting estimate Amy Hood is the CFO, the chief financial officer for the company, and she did mention this during the earnings report. And so this is something that they are changing with the accounting system, but it's not really truly that big of a deal to me. The one thing I need us to understand about this about these commercial highlights is that Microsoft is really, truly tapped in and they are plugged into the cloud. Their long term growth engine is Azure. It is Microsoft Azure. A lot of commercial businesses, including the company I work for, uses the Microsoft platform, right? The good thing about Azure is that Azure allows you to pretty much have your entire suite of Microsoft Office products, and it gives you the security behind it. So that's what Microsoft's competitive advantage and their moat is. Microsoft is giving you the opportunity to have all of the Office 365 products. You can get Microsoft Word. You can get PowerPoint, right? You can have, you can get PowerPoint. Okay, well, what else can you get? You can have your, you can have your um, Excel. You can have all your Microsoft products. You, you've got your Microsoft Outlook, your Microsoft Teams. You've got your whole suite of Microsoft products. And in addition to that, Microsoft is also offering you the security with it, the security with it. So offering that two-factor authentication when you are using certain devices. So that's what you need to understand. Microsoft is plugged in and will make its revenue in the cloud based on enterprise businesses. Now, understand this. When we look at the cloud, you've got Amazon, that's number one, but Microsoft is number two. And Satya Nadella is the CEO of this company, and he has a big vision for what the cloud is going to be. Look, I listen to people that are smarter than me, and I believe that he has the sauce. I believe that he has the sauce, and he understands a lot of things about the cloud and how the cloud will be revolutionized over the, over the next five to 10 years. So remember, Microsoft is all about enterprise cloud, getting money from enterprises. Look, how many businesses do you think are going to get rid of Microsoft? As far as Microsoft Office products, it's just not going to happen. And so this is very, very good and very, very good from a competitive advantage standpoint for the company. Okay, let's move on to some other financial highlights. I mean, this right here, this gets me excited right here, y'all. 
cash return to shareholders. What do we always talk about on the Trade for Yourself podcast every single week? We talk about businesses adding value to shareholders. Okay, the uh, the company recurrent return 12.4 billion to shareholders up 19% year over year with 7.8 billion in share repurchases and 4.6 billion in dividend that is important operating expenses were up 14.9 billion up 14% year over year driven by investments in cloud engineering linkedin and nuance now nuance is a business that tracks healthcare data microsoft is a large business $2 trillion business, but they are investing into that healthcare. That's very, very important. And this is the thing. Microsoft may be a $2 trillion business, right? The second largest business in America. But understand this. I like to see this is still a growth business. This is still a growth company, okay? Let's look at this for a second. When you are investing into businesses, keep this in mind. We want businesses that care about research and development. Why? Because they're, because that's going to give us the ability to get the returns that we need over the long term, right? Microsoft has been a good business over the past five years. But if I'm investing into Microsoft, I'm not really investing in them based on what they did for me last year. I'm investing for them based off the potential for what they can do for next year and 2024 and 2025 and beyond. Looking at that is very, very solid, very solid. Other income and expense, that was down $47 million, driven by net losses on investments, including mark-to-market losses on our equity portfolio. That's pretty much based on their investments, them trading and stuff like that. Their capital expenditures, including assets acquired under finance leases, were $8.7 billion to support growth in our cloud offering. That's one thing that's important, too. Microsoft is expanding their cloud network to be able to have multiple cloud regions. They are growing their cloud regions to be able to house a lot of data, right? Cash flow. Let's look at the cash flow. Cash flow from operations was $24.6 billion, up 8% year over year, driven by strong cloud billings and collections. Free cash flow up 17 was $17.8 billion, up 9% year over year. So the business has money to be able to invest in other areas. That's solid, y'all. This is very, very solid. This is what I like to see from a business. So we've got some more business highlights. Um, so pretty much like I said before, Microsoft has three reportable segments that they report their revenue in. They've got productivity, productivity and business processes. You've got intelligent cloud and you've got more personal computing. Now, office commercial products and cloud revenues increased 9% driven by Office 365 commercial revenue growth of 15%. We see a reoccurring topic right here, Office 365. Office com consumer products and cloud services revenue increased 9%. And Microsoft 365 consumers, consumer subscribers grew to 59.7 million, continuing to increase. LinkedIn revenue increased 26%, right? Dynamics products and cloud services increased 19%, driven by Dynamics 365 revenue growth of 31%. Now, I want to talk about the cloud. We know that Microsoft is a heavy hitter in terms of cloud, but look at that LinkedIn revenue. If you notice something, more people are trying to get on LinkedIn to get more people. Like, the talent pool. The talent pool is very, very small for a lot of these companies. And so 
companies are investing more into recruiters in order for them to find the talent that they need because a lot of businesses and a lot of industries don't truly have the talent that they need to operate. And so more people are going on LinkedIn to try to poach people away from other companies. Intelligent cloud, server products and cloud services revenue increased 22% driven by Azure and other cloud services revenue growth of 40%. Now, when you see revenue growth like this in two key segments, Okay, we also saw previously on the last slide that operating expenses were up, but they were investing to be able to foster the growth and development of these sectors right here, continuing to invest in data centers to be able to grow the data regions. So Microsoft can become more of a conglomerate in the cloud market because right now they're the number two player. But they're trying to encroach on AWS, who's number one, which is why I love Amazon so much. More personal computing. Windows OEM revenue decreased 2%. Windows commercial products and cloud revenue services increased 6%. Now, this was now this is what was negative right here. Xbox content and services revenue decreased 6%. A service revenue increased 10%, though, and search and news advertising revenue, excluding traffic acquisition costs, increased 18%. Now, like I said, Microsoft is not seen as an advertising business. But if you look at Apple, if you look at um, Amazon, if you look at Google, if you look at Microsoft, these are all trillion-dollar businesses, but they have advertising wings. Why is this important that Microsoft had an increase in the advertising revenue? Guess what? Netflix selected Microsoft as the one that they want to be able to house their ad-supported platform. Okay, their Netflix is partnering with Microsoft, so now. Microsoft is positioning themselves to say, hey, we're going to be able to get some of this ad revenue. Advertising revenue is only going to increase because it's very, very important for people to get in front of the eyeballs of these individuals so they can spend more money. So they can spend more money. I see everybody here in the chat, man. Please like the video. Please like the video, guys. I really, truly appreciate that. Now, sorry, guys. Let me go back. Let me go back. Okay, so let's go to productivity, productivity and business processes again. Total revenue grew 13%, which was driven by Office 365 and LinkedIn. Um, gross margin dollars increased 12%, and gross margin percentage decreased slightly, excluding the impact of the change in the accounting estimate, which is what was talked about before. Operating expenses grew 12%, which was driven by investments in LinkedIn and cloud engineering, and operating income grew 12%. Now, I want us to look at these charts down here at the bottom, right? Look at what was going on physical year 21 Q4, 6.44 billion. Physical year 22, 7.58 billion. Physical year 22 Q2, 7.69 billion, right? Like if you look at the revenue, the revenue is continuing to increase sequentially. And when I say sequentially, what I mean is quarter over quarter, right? We love to see businesses increasing revenue quarter over quarter. It's great to see companies increasing revenue year over year, but it's even more substantial to see the revenue increasing quarter over quarter because what that's telling me is that Microsoft is able to pay its bills. 
right? They're bringing in that revenue. They're bringing in that income. They have that profit and they have an elevated level of free cash flow. When you have that free cash flow, that means you can invest it anywhere you want to. You can invest free cash flow anywhere you want to. That gives them the opportunity to invest in other areas to have more money in the businesses, right? So again, we talked a lot about office commercial, LinkedIn, office consumer dynamics. Th these are the investor metrics. So pretty much this is the total revenue, total operating income. Like I said, what are we seeing? Continued increasing, continued increasing year over year. That's exactly what we like to see. So let's look at the server products here really quickly here. The server products and cloud revenue grew 22%. Azure and cloud services revenue grew 40%. So we see things operating very, very well from this business. Now, this is pretty much all I want to talk about right here for the slides. But now we need to go to the chart because I need to give you guys some price points that I want y'all to look at. And I want to see what the value is for the company, right? Where can you get into the stock? So let's go ahead and go to the chart because this is very, very important. I don't want you just to buy the stock at any price. I want you to be able to understand what the value of the company is and then be able to get into it. Now, I'm on TradingView today. And what I want us to see right here, this is the chart. This is pretty much a yearly chart of Microsoft stock. And so I've got some orange lines marked off and I've got some blue lines marked off. The orange lines are some resistance levels. There's some support and resistance levels that I have marked off. But if you see right here, I've got base case valuation, 10% margin of safety and 20% margin of safety. So what is this base case valuation? So I have a metric that I use to determine what the fair value of a price is for the stock. So what I, the way I do that is that I use the PE ratio. What is PE? PE is the price to earnings ratio. All that means is that whatever that PE ratio is, that's telling me how much I'm paying for $1 of the company's profit. That's what it's saying. It's the measure that institutional investors use to measure the valuation of a company. So for the PE ratio, you take the PE ratio, you multiply it times the EPS, the earnings per share, and that will give you the base case valuation. But here's the key. I need you to use the forward P.E. ratio and next year's annual EPS estimate. So the forward P.E. ratio is the is pretty much the earnings that the company is expected over the next 12 months. Because remember what I said, I'm not concerned about the earnings that Microsoft gave me last year because I'm investing for what Microsoft can give me next year and the year after that and the year after that. So I'm taking the forward port, the forward PE ratio number and I'm multiplying it times next year's earnings. So that's 2023 earnings. So the forward PE ratio for Microsoft is 27.05 and the estimated annual earnings is $10.14 for the entire year. That gives me a price of $274.29. So that's pretty much the base case valuation for the company. Now, the company could be worth more than this, or it could be worth less than this. You know, it pretty much just depends on, it depends on what's going on and how you feel about the company and what you're willing to pay for it. Now, when you have that base case, pretty much what I'm saying is I don't want us to purchase this stock lower 
then I don't want to purchase this stock above 274.29 because if I'm purchasing that stock above 274.29, that means I'm buying it overvalued. If I'm buying a company overvalued, that is potentially going to reduce the amount of returns that I'm able to get. And so what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to get that, get the company at the base case valuation. I want to start buying the company right here. But to give myself a margin of safety, I can take a 10% discount to the base case valuation of the company, 20%, 30% discount. That gives me the margin of safety for purchasing the company. Now, if we look at this chart, we see that Microsoft is right around that base case valuation right now. But, but, but if we look at where Microsoft has been this year, Microsoft came all the way down to 241.51. So you were so Microsoft was so low, it was it was pretty much under the 10% margin of safety. That would have been a great place for you to be able to get into this stock. And this is what I want to tell you. The year isn't over yet. I think that we're going to have some more elevated levels of volatility. And I think it's going to give you the opportunity to get this stock lower than 274.29. Because right now, I've got some resistance points. If you see Microsoft bounced off that 293.46 level, so we got some resistance right there. We got some sellers coming into the market. And so it's very important. But this is the thing, too. This is fundamental analysis. Understanding base case valuations and prices for stocks, that's base case fundamentals. That's just the base case fundamentals for the fundamental. But you also got to have the technical. You see, people like to have these arguments like to have these versus battles. Oh, I'm a technical analysis investor or I'm a fundamental analysis investor. No, I you need them both, right? Same thing, same thing with investing into assets. I need real estate. I need crypto, Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically. I need a business. I need stocks. I need it all because I, because I want to position myself to be financially unbreakable, right? Position myself to be financially unbreakable. And so let's look at a technical analysis metric. Let's look at a technical analysis metric really, really quickly here to see what has Microsoft done over the long term. So we're going to bring back again one of my favorite friends, Fibonacci retracements. We're going to bring my friend, bring my friend Fibonacci here. So, so to draw these Fibonacci retracements, this gives us an area to see where we can get into the stock over a long term time span. So for these Fibonacci retracement points, we want to draw from the 52-week high all the way down to a major low. This major low that we're looking at right here is the March 2020 COVID low. Now, a good place to get into a stock would be at the 50% Fibonacci retracement point. Guess what, y'all? The Fibonacci, the 50% Fibonacci retracement is right in line with the year-to-date low. It's right in it's right in line with the year-to-date low. I can't make this stuff up, y'all. On top of that, we're below the 10% margin of safety. So not only am I investing in the company solidly, getting a good price from a fundamental perspective, now I'm breaking this thing down and getting this together from a technical analysis perspective. You can't beat it here. We understand what Microsoft can do. We understand the commercial aspects. Like we understand that Microsoft has Azure, the number two player in the cloud space. We understand that Microsoft had the largest technology acquisition ever in getting Activision Blizzard this year. The, the, 
this is probably going to be closed sometime next year, right? They're going to have that on. They're going to have that in their repertoire, right? Adding to the gaming aspect, the gaming aspect, understanding that Satya Nadella, Satya Nadella knows a lot about what the metaverse may be. Not only will the metaverse be a recreational situation, the metaverse is going to be an enterprise commercial situation. And like I said, I listen to people that are smarter than me. I listen to Satya Nadella, the CEO of this company. I listen to this. I listen to Jensen Wong, the CEO of NVIDIA, right? The people that's telling us about what the metaverse can really be, I'm listening to them because they're telling me exactly what can happen. And so when you look at this situation right here, this is a prototypical, this is, quinti this is quintessential for what you need to see from a stock and how you want to get into companies, y'all. Use these metrics, okay? Use the PE ratio to find you the fair value. Use the Fibonacci, right? Look at your look at your average annual drawdowns for the stock. This is how you buy companies. This is how you trade for yourself. This is what you do. This this is why we've been putting the work in to really truly understand what's going on here in the market. So I'm telling y'all. This right here is solid. I'm telling you, Microsoft is a buy, long-term buy. Understand the prices that you need to get in. Just observe what we're doing in the market right now. Right now, the market is, is in a holding pattern. They're waiting on the Fed to blink. They're waiting on the Fed. They're trying to see what the Fed is going to be giving us on Friday and seeing what Jerome Powell is going to say in terms of interest rates, right? Looking to see what's going to be happening in terms of interest rates. Is he going to raise them aggressively? Is he going to flatline? Is he going to pull back a little bit? That's pretty much what the market has been doing and pretty much why the market has been in a holding pattern since Tuesday. So as always, y'all, I appreciate everybody for coming in and tapping into the Trade For Yourself podcast, y'all. Please like the video. Please like, please subscribe, please share this out with multiple people because I'm telling you, this is some good information right here. Understand that Microsoft is a strong company. When you are investing into the stock market and you're going to be an active investor, you have to have the fundamental analysis and the technical analysis combined to be able to find the prices that you need to invest into these stocks, okay? I'm going to be back here next week. Look, Remember, when you subscribe, make sure you have that notification bell set so you can be in the know every single time I drop an episode, okay? Look, look at the Don't Pay For It, Trade For It t-shirts, okay? Please go to my website, www.tradeforyourself.com, and you can go grab you three, four, five t-shirts for yourself and your family, okay? Remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'll catch y'all in the next one.